Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Birth Queen Podcast. I'm so happy to have Bruce McIntyre with us today. The third. I can't leave that out. You know, my mm-hmm. child is a Roman numeral, so I understand her. He's he's a photo. He got to be. Put some respect on my name. So since we started with um respecting the three, who is who is Bruce? Can you tell the audience? How do you identify like and answer that question? It seems like an easy one, but it's kind of it's not. It's interesting to hear different people answer the question. Oh, definitely. So Bruce McIntyre the third is an artist, an educator, a father, a loving father, uh, a maternal health advocate, philanthropist. Um, I said educator, <laughs> uh, community organizer, mm-hmm. uh, civil and human rights activist. Oh, and I'm also the uh, the founder of the so Save Rose Foundation. Just a couple crowns, just a couple, just couple, a couple. A couple a um, uh, I know. So I, hello, audience, have the privilege of knowing Bruce for a while. So I, I've been privileged to to the intricacies that I feel like most people don't know about you. We're highlighted, of course, like your story with Amber. But what was your journey like? I know you have like a whole music, musical and artistry um, that's a piece of you. So I would love for you to kind of share that piece to you because there's more than, you know, your journey within this tragedy and crisis. And not only that it's negative, but there are other pieces to you. And I want to use this time and space to also highlight those pieces. Oh, I truly appreciate it. Um, but, uh, I started into the music journey very young. I was like, I've been listening to hip hop all my life. Um, and my grandmother, Mm -hmm. um, would put me on to like old classics, like Minnie Ripperton and Al Green and, you know, just all these amazing, amazing artists. And, um, so I was really big into sampling music and, uh, I started, rapping and producing when I was 11 years old uh, is when I first started. I started taking it serious when I was about 13, 14, um, you know, wrote for a few people, for, produced for a few people. Um, but that's, you know, that was a joy of mine growing up. And still to this day, it's still a joy of mine. I still love working with people, meeting new people, um, hearing their artistry and hearing what they have to bring to the table and seeing how I can um, collaborate and how I can, you know, bring them further into the next level. Amazing. Um, Thank you. I love that. I feel like, you know, as a fellow artist, wait, I have to tell this funny story. I, I think I met someone. I, so I was like introduced to someone and I didn't know who they were, but I'm like, oh, I knew they knew these artists. And I was like, oh, well, I felt comfortable. And they're like, with those people, I was like, well, they're my people. Like artists are my people. So Mm -hmm. I love like vibing with people that color outside of the lines. I actually just read a story to Baldwin last night about coloring outside of the lines. 
Um, and I certainly know we have that in common, which is why I think we get along so well. But um, I want to kind of start backwards. Um, where are you now in your journey with Save a Rose Foundation and, and your your work? I know you're trying to open a, working on open a birth center in the Bronx. And I just want to share like the, the good that's come out of, out of the pain. And let's highlight that. Yeah, definitely. So we're still currently working on um, opening a freestanding midwifery led birthing center, um, which has been a process. We, we have to run through a lot of, you know, stipulations and policies and, you know, there's just a whole, a whole, um, so it's a mess when it comes to policy and trying to, um, you know, operate and own something as 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 a black and brown owner. Um, but you know, we're still working on it. Still very hopeful. But in the meantime, um, we do have a, a clinical care space that we plan on opening here in July, um, coming very soon. So I'm very excited about that. Um, with Myla Flores, Yay! in the Dr. Bronx, Carla Williams, yes, in the Bronx, in the Bronx. Um, where we can That's provide um, clinical care and, you know, detection of fibroids and all those good things um, to give back to the community and, you know, help out the community until we can obtain a freestanding midwifery brand birthing center that's actually ran by midwives. Um, I've partnered with Myla Flores on the womb bus, uh, on the, the womb bus efforts where we offer access to midwives, doulas, um, physicians of color, mental health services, dance, wellness, movement, um, reproductive health education. Um, and, uh, right now I'm also doing a lot of traveling for my work for whether it's, you know, trying to influence policy change, um, whether it's for the screening of the film Aftershock, which is also doing amazing. Um, Aftershock just won a Peabody award a couple weeks ago. So we're, we're very thrilled about that. Um, continuing to push yes, that needle but you forward. Came to Oakland without me. <laughs> oh, but I said, I'm Oakland, give you, Oakland I'm showed give you me so much love. <laughs> Oakland, Oakland showed me so much love too, and 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 I told them that was my favorite city, and everybody went crazy for me. So Oakland showed nothing but love. But um, and and it, and it feels it feels amazing <laughs> also to be recognized in the city of Oakland, and you know to to you know receive awards and and all of these good things from all these different cities that I've never really been to but knowing that we're influencing change in these different places yeah. just just feels full circle I know I have you see my arms like goosebumps <laughs> oh that was like that one hit um I, I just I love that um that this is all happening for you I I think it's such a you know, it's hard to find the words to celebrate, at, you know, you and the change that's happening after such a major loss. And um, I'm sure it's equally as probably complex for you as well. But um, I want to share the day I put together my connection to Amber, and then I want you to tell her story. But I remember you guys, weren't you at Sundance? Mm -hmm. And you DM'd me and you were like, now I know why mm -hmm. your voice sounded familiar. I'm going to start crying. Whew. And you're like, it's because Amber took your mirror classes while she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember I was, I don't think I was having a great night that night. <clears throat> and I like felt her. And the timing of all this, like, when do we lose Amber? Uh, April 2020. April, tw- April 21st, 2020. So I was pregnant with Baldwin. And I felt super connected to spirit because right after him, we lost George Floyd. And then there was this interesting like advocacy role I kind of got pulled into to speak about race and, you know, mirror, use my face and Instagram posts to kind of break up their feed and all these people were calling me. And then I had this vision of Kum Black Black Birth Stories in, in September. And then fast Mm -hmm. forward March 8th, I founded Birth Queen. And then we met within like a month, I think we were on that first call about advocacy and birth workers. And I just, I remember in that moment being like, I felt moved. And I do believe that she's a part of why Birth Queen exists and why I have the strength some days to do this. And, um, I don't believe in accidents. So I know, you know, some people believe in that stuff and others don't, but it just, I knew I was called to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel she's moving through me. And if anything, I, I am doing it for her and, and Shamani and everybody else, because we do need to know, you know, her story. And I had the privilege of talking to Amari before you, but I also want to highlight you, Bruce, like, and your, like, how are you? You know, because I feel like you spend so much time speaking about losing her and the battle of, of that process. But like, how are you doing? Because you've been through a lot, not just in mm. grief, but like bullshit. So I want to give you time to also share that piece. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and I truly appreciate you. And <laughs> yeah, it was it was definitely a call to action. It's all hands on deck at this point. It's a it's a state of emergency that we're in for black and brown women. Um, but, you know, me, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Some days are tough, um, but overall, I'm feeling powerful. Um, you know, I, I feel like Amber's name was not in vain. Amber is a martyr for change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her energy is everywhere. I feel her energy every day. You know, the days that I don't want to get up and do anything. Mm-hmm. I find that extra strength or I muster up that strength or I think about times that I had with Amber, those moments that we shared, or even just things that she said to me that stuck with me. Um, And, you know, that motivates me to get up and do what I got to do. And to have my son Elias by her is is truly an honor. Um, You know, that's, that's, you know, that's her, that's a piece of her and that's her legacy. Um, I feel good that I was able to, not allow myself to sink into depression mm-hmm. um, because I know when, when that stuff happens, I lost my brother to suicide and for a while I was stagnant and I was thinking to myself, mm-hmm. I can't be stagnant in these moments. You know, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm taking care of my newborn child. Um, and I'm also being, being there and showing support um, for Amber's family and Amber's mother. So I, you know, I have to, I have to lead by strength and lead by example. Um, And, you know, I used to suffer with like really strong, like depression and anxiety. And, you know, Amber was the one who used to get me through that. So just, you know, when I'm feeling low in those moments, I think about the things that she used to say to me. And, uh, yeah, like I mentioned, it just motivates me to keep going. But 
um, to see just how much has come out of her name and, and just by, you know, advocating and telling her story and humanizing her as, as, as a person and, um, you know, to speak yeah. on her accolades and, and what she was going to achieve. Um, you know, it, it, it brings up a lot, but, uh, you know, it's, I think it's really powerful to honor her legacy in this way. So, you know, just to see her name being lifted, seeing her name everywhere and, and that these discussions are being had. Um, you know, I feel like she's doing her job on the other end to, to help mothers and to help families. I love that. How, because I, I remember when I hosted the panel with you, how do you feel to have to retell the story over and over? Like, mm -hmm. I, I am always kind of on edge like you guys are just always on my heart when I have to see you or think about you retelling this story because I feel like we can as an audience may get desensitized to the fact that like this is real for you and like you mm -hmm. have to relive it as, as you retell it um so how do you manage that to, like protect yourself um you know I definitely meditate with myself I, I sit with myself a lot um, I prep my body because, yeah, it is a lot to have to retell the story over and over and over again. Um, but starting out, you know, I set myself out on a mission and uh, which is to get her story out there to whoever is willing yeah. to listen. And um, mm -hmm. I found myself in front of hundreds of reporters speaking every day. Um, and it just got easier speaking about it every day, but having to relive those steps and having to rethink and. Um, think of those moments and those memories. Yeah, it's it's tough, but it just it needs to be done. Her story needs to be told. People need to understand what happened to her. And uh, if I'm not telling that story, then you know her legacy is you know starts to fade or disappear, and I, that's not what I want. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I know I also know that telling her story is going to save lives, no matter if it's one life, two life, fifty lives. Um, it's going to save yeah. somebody's life if I continue to tell her story. And as far as like how you're managing your grief, like I think it's important as a mm -hmm. man and certainly as a black man to just like share with other men, like how to, how to do that. Like there's no oh, manual definitely. for it. So like being a single dad, that's one thing, but to, to you, I feel like the only healthy way to get through your grief is to process and to feel. Mm -hmm. um, and there's not, I don't believe society's like walking around like, hello, grieving black man. How can I support you? So like, yeah. how do you navigate that for yourself to stay, yeah. you know, I, I, mean, <clears throat> I, find, level. Um, I find myself speaking to a lot of fathers who are in my position. Um, I felt like it's been easier to speak to people who understand what I've gone through because um, even like back when it first happened, speaking to friends, it wasn't working. Um, because they weren't feeling what I was feeling. So I, I found a community yeah. or even helped create the community. Um, started having safe spaces with men, allowing them to, you know, let their walls down and allowing themselves to be vulnerable. I open myself up and I allow myself to be vulnerable. And we just have heart to heart conversations and just hearing how other people are coping mm -hmm. or uh, hear, hearing how they may be feeling one day and feeling another day. And just listening to them, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of those feelings surface 
And, you know, I learned a lot from people who are grieving what I'm, you know, the same thing that I'm going through um, and how they're they're managing in their COVID. And that, you know, that really settles me because I, I don't feel alone. Um, and I mm-hmm. also allow myself to feel in any space, no matter where I'm at. I allow myself to feel if I need to cry, I'm going to let myself cry. If I need to scream, I'm going to scream. Like, I'm going to do what I need to do to, to, to get that out because I don't want to. Um, compress my feelings. And that's what we see often in these black and brown uh, communities is where we're left to, um, instead of actually get, you know, rehabilitation, we're having our feelings compressed um, instead of addressing the issue. So we're, you know, laying it all on the table, addressing our issues um, and just allowing ourselves to be vulnerable because there's a lot of power in that vulnerability. Well, I got to admit, even I was a sensitive Pisces and an artist, sometimes it's it's hard to like swim in those feelings that aren't the happy ones, you know, um, and so. give yourself permission to feel because there is this sense of like, I need to be strong or push through. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I really want to honor you for having the strength to do that for yourself, but also share that with the rest of us because we do need that, that not even reminder, but that, that lesson that it mm-hmm. is important and okay and, you know, more healthy to process mm-hmm. all of your feelings. Exactly. Um, if you had, like, nuggets of advice for a father that finds himself in, in your position or the community supporting a father in your pres- position, what would that be? Like, what has been the most helpful to you? Uh, the most helpful to me has been uh, recreating who I am and who I want to represent mm-hmm. myself at in the world. Um, started after Amber's passing, uh, you know, a piece of me died with her also, of course. And so I started to live life through the artistic lens um and you know get into old things that i that i may have put off to the side like getting back into music Mm -hmm. i haven't skateboarded since i was 14 and i picked up skateboarding again Uh, you know just finding these little joys that you may have had in your childhood and you may have pushed to the side because you're too busy or you know life is life and um you know trying to find those pieces of of happiness um those things that bring you joy and you know continue and leading with that you know, I think that's very helpful. And then, you know, for the community, I think for me, it was, you know, the doulas and the midwives in my community. Um, you know, after Amber's passing, uh, the hospital was trying to yet again suppress instead of address my, my feelings and my issues, um, and tried to offer me drugs and Xanax and other higher antidepressants. And I'm thinking to myself, how do I take care of my son if I'm incompetent and left, you know, doped up to take care of him, Um, which is what we see very often in the black and brown communities. These are perpetuated cycles in the communities. Then you're doped up on drugs, you're left incompetent, you, um, you know, you have to worry about child protective services knocking on your door and taking your children away. Um, So the midwives and the doulas offered me more of a holistic approach. Um, I found meditations and kriyas and breathing mm-hmm. exercises when I'm feeling stressed and depressed. Um, you know, 
different workouts, running, um, you know, trying to take care of myself and take care of my body, um, you know, has been has been really helpful to me. So, you know, so you have all that pent up aggression, you're releasing, um, just releasing as much as you can. It's just it's very helpful. And, and having members of the community who are listening and tailoring to those needs is also a blessing. I love that word release. Um, Cause it makes me, you know, immediately think that her spirit was released. And then it makes me think about Miss Gibson talks about releasing like pregnancy, right? Like there's a release that has to happen of feelings of, you know, we lose people. They're released from this, you know, space and time. And I think so much of our pain is, is the, is the stuff we're not releasing, right? Like it's, we're holding on to, um, but I don't know. I just, it's like, there's a, it hit me like as a very beautiful image, but it's a vulnerable space to be in to release because you're releasing control or, or, or a sense of like, the idea of being in control when you let go of something. Cause even at least like if you're angry or like sad, you kind of know what that is. Mm-hmm. But if you let go, you have to trust you're going to then go to the next space and time you need to be. And, and, and that, that unknown is, is very, sc- that's super scary. Exactly. Um, trust that process. Yeah. So, Oh, right. So you, you pretty much mentioned, I asked everybody like what your biggest push moment is. And that's pretty darn obvious. Um, but like, as far as what you're giving birth to next, you're in this process of birthing the birth center, but there is, is there anything else you want to share with the community about like what you would like to create next or what it is you need? Maybe you're like, I'm, I'm creating and giving birth to what I need. Or, or what I want, this is what I need. So you can answer yeah. both or either or. Oh, but of course, the opening the birthing center is is the biggest the biggest thing that's on the goal. Um, that's on the goal list. And, okay. Uh, but what I do want to continue to create is just a safe space for mothers and fathers. Um, you know, because pregnancy isn't just about the woman. Um, it's about family planning. And, you know, here in the United States, if we've learned anything about the United States and how they treat black and brown folk throughout the entirety of our time here, they've been trying to separate our families. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. rebuilding that connection, rebuilding that family foundation for black and brown folk, because the CDC announced that black fathers are the most engaged, whether they live in the household or not. Um, so just seeing more of that and seeing that stigma being changed around black and brown yeah. families. Um, also wanting to, you know, give more to mothers who are in shelters, um, single mothers who are in shelters, giving more to them, offering more to them, more support, more, you know, doula services uh, and uh, postpartum services to, to those mothers um, because they, they need that support. You know, we all need that support. Um, I also have a few things going on that's, that's pretty cool that I can't tell, that I can't talk on yet. Um, okay. but I, <laughs> I do, I do see myself, uh, getting more into politics and, and trying to, um, you know, change the narrative. 
um, on, on black and brown yeah. families and, and being, um, being able to change the system systemically, um, with inside. So, yeah. um, I have something going on that's in the works, but you know, wow, I'll probably hear more, more information in the next month or so. Uh, a few partnerships I have okay, going well, on. Okay, well, you keep me posted. You can, oh, for sure. Come for back sure. and we can talk about it. <laughs> for sure. Okay, I'm let, also, me, um, let me ask you this. Of, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm also a part of a, a committee board um, out of DC called Fund Two Foundation, and uh, we we have a birth equity committee group. So I'm very excited about what's coming up with that. We're looking to um, bring midf- midwifery courses into uh, HBCU colleges, so we can create that access of mm-hmm. midwives uh, of color. Um, and we're also looking to open a women's health center in Greensboro, North Carolina, also. So. Very excited for what this committee board is doing. Amazing. Yay, I love that. Um, as far as like the New York Birth Center, I know it's probably a lot of things, but like what are the like real barriers? Like what what do we need to do to to push it forward? So what we need is we need our CPM bill passed. Um midwifery uh is it uh certified professional midwives there we go because we need midwives to yes. be fully integrated so that they can practice women's health care exactly uh-huh. so that they can practice um so yeah so that they can practice legally here in new york and you know without a birth uh, experience and um because we're we're not looking for this uh for this birthing center to be ran by physicians because, you know, we keep seeing this, this is where we're seeing right. the problems versus with midwives, you know, we're seeing better birthing outcomes um, with our, with our midwives. So fully integrating midwives into women's healthcare. Um, we're also trying to get the New York health act passed um, as well as our, uh, our grieving families act as well. That helps families like mine who are, you know, who suffer from a loss. Um, which we got passed uh, this at the beginning of this year, but Governor Hochul completely vetoed the bill, um, completely scratched it out, <laughs> even though we need it. Um, she completely gutted our birthing center bill from what it was supposed to be. So we'll continue to having to fight for that um, because it still, it still gatekeeps certain people from operating a freestanding birthing center. Uh, so we're really just trying to get these, these things passed uh, in the state of New York. Okay, so basically, they don't want a certified um, nurse midwife to practice. They it's only the like nurse practitioner model. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and then they're, they're forcing and a physician. physician. Ah, so the real thing is, you're like, I don't want a physician led. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. It's it's always like something. I was talking to someone yesterday about that specifically and I was excited. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm talking to Bruce tomorrow. He's going to give you the the exact answer in New York. But that's what gets nuanced about this. And I feel like it's fair to touch on when, you know, I want the audience to know there are solutions. Like we know black midwives, doulas, and lactation counselors supporting black and brown birthing people are the solution. Yet and still, there's so much red tape. <laughs> I mean, even with the um, Medicaid reimbursement for doulas, people don't realize 
that the training you go through has to be approved at by the state for you to get reimbursed. And exactly. so many of the doula trainings that are culturally competent have not been approved by the state. Exactly. So that all those doulas going to, you know, support the Medicaid population cannot receive that reimbursement. And they don't make it easy. So I literally, you know, you and I have access. Like some days I kind of forget. I was like, oh, did I forget who I was today? I was on the phone with the mayor's office. Like, how do we get these things approved? Because you got all these doulas being trained thinking they're like, oh, I can get reimbursed. No, you can't. Mm -hmm. Not if that training hasn't been approved by the state. And Mm -hmm. these, this is the fuckery that it's just like, we have people that are the solution, but then can't get paid for the work they're doing, which is really hard work and, exactly. and very important work. I mean, this, this is like, you know, like Jesus work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, it's so not what we need stuff. Is, and I mean, even what we need is, uh, ahead, we need our, we need these insurance executives because we've been speaking to a lot of insurance executives yes. too. And, you know, it's amazing to see okay, how places is that like going? Blue Cross. Are they receptive? So some of them are, it, it just depends on the state. See, uh, and, and, uh, okay. in New Jersey, right next, right next door in New Jersey, the governor, um, the governor is allowing, yeah. uh, insurance to cover doulas and to, you know, to cover pregnancies and, and, you know, um, so it's amazing to see places like Blue Cross Blue Shield step up in that way. Um, where they're offering um, a one set stipend on the delivery or on doula services. So that's what we need to see more of. We need to see these one set stipends. Across um, the board, not just Medicaid? Across the board, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing, yeah. And that's the other thing, like, I think we're getting, to me, it seems like we're celebrating all of this, like, Medicaid reimbursement. I'm like, do you know how many people are Medicaid that need a doula that can't afford one? And that, exactly. that's where I like, it's like, you want to celebrate these wins, but be careful not to like, check it, check the box, like we're done. And exactly. doulas for everyone is like, should be just like baseline. Yeah, we're stepping in the right direction, but there's so much more that has to be done, including like dismantling racism. Exactly. Somehow. But, um, <laughs> but I, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. And I, I want people to see you and 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 say this is a young man who is involved in music who loved his partner lost his partner and is now like at the white house once a week i don't know like you i feel like every time i see your gram you like at the white house not like at the white house you like in it yeah i mean i'm, I'm out there i'm out there every other week every other, that's my second home right now yeah, i know mm-hmm. I know. Tell me, tell me about that experience, right? I I lobbied for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I wasn't sure like how I was going to feel about it. And I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, and most more so in the Republican offices because I felt that challenge, right? Like I was like, I'm gonna get them to listen to me and make a difference, right? And that's what we need. It has to be bipartisan. So, like, mm-hmm. how how have you felt about navigating this? policy leg this government affairs um that role that you've really been thrust um into oh it's crazy because i was i've been talking to a lot of friends about this 
uh, as of lately, especially because I come from the hood. Like I lived in the projects in my younger years and just like going through all of that nonsense and growing up in that into where I'm at now has just been so surreal. Um, so being able to, you know, move in these places and be, being able to understand the lingo and understand the issues and being able to be in a position to where I can offer, um, you know, offer help and, and offer ideas and um, has just been amazing. Mm -hmm. And just really having these people, you know, sit down face to face and just, you know, being real with them, not sugarcoating uh -huh. anything. Um, has just been, you know, amazing and just, you know, seeing how receptive these people are, um, to the ideas and, you know, the story and, and what I've gone through and, you know, the things that we're trying to see change, um, has been amazing. I'm starting to see a lot more people, especially people of color who are really starting to uh, work on these issues, address these issues, seeing men of color address these issues has been amazing. Um, or even being in spaces where, you know, these white men, our understanding of the issue and want to yeah. um, and want to be a part of the change also, um, you know, really putting a face yeah. to the story and, and, and humanizing the people that we represent, yeah. humanizing the people that we represent um, and just having people be receptive to it has been amazing. I'm starting to, I'm very hopeful. It leaves me to be hopeful because, you know, I feel like the, the world is changing fast and we are, we're changing and we're, we're elevating as a populace. Um, and to, you know, see more people of color step up for each other, um, has been, has just been, it's very inspiring and very moving. Um, but yeah, I, I'm starting to see it affect more policy. These, uh, discussions are being had more in the room and maternal health and, mm -hmm. you know, black and brown fatherhood and motherhood. Um, you know, just seeing these discussions being had more and seeing that people actually want to do something about it. Um, you know, just, just motivates yeah. me to keep going and just, it's very inspiring to see. Well, I just want to like highlight that although you may have grown up in a hood, you are not the hood. And mm -hmm. so I think what anybody that listens to, to this, like where it's all a state of mind, like where we all were born into a family or a certain environment, but like our mm -hmm. capacity is endless and, and to not digest or say, I'm just right. Mm -hmm. I just grew up here. I'm only this, like you're in and out of the white house every other week. Now the circumstances that brought you there are awful. Um, and you're chosen, you know what I mean? And anybody can do anything. And I think too, Cause even I had a minute, like, I ain't one of y'all. <laughs> Cause they speak like a whole nother language. And I'm like, so hold on. You and all these mm -hmm. acronyms. I'm not one of you. I don't know. I do not know this alphabet. Okay. You're going to have to say the word or the three mm -hmm. words. It's like, but you get, it gets quick. I mean, the fact that you're a musician probably helps you. You're like, oh, it's like, it's like, things rhyme and they, I just be using my context clues like that's probably the department of mm -hmm. uh, what are we talking about such such, oh got yeah. it okay <laughs> exactly that's what I use um, I use context clues but, I use a lot of context yeah clues. context yeah. <laughs> and rappers use con like analogies and metaphors and context mm -hmm. clues all the time um, mm -hmm. but no I do want to highlight that because even I like a little afraid of government like it's not a tangible thing 
Um, and I think it's intentionally intangible, right? So that the, the few old boys club members can keep it that way. But we figured it out and we got in, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, exactly. to anyone who listens, like even from my own kind of like nervousness about government, I'm, I want to encourage people and you to share that like, it, it is possible to convene and like create change um and 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 policy and all of that um mm-hmm. i think it's like a multi-prong approach to change but uh, but i am mm-hmm. proud of you and i have to say every time i see you in the white house well, no matter how i feel about that place at times i'm like hey boy you better go back that's to the a, white hey, house. <laughs> that's a, that's how i'll be feeling too i'll be like when i when i look around at certain things i'm like nah this is our stuff we we own it. this is ours this is us um, like Michelle to, Obama mentioned, we uh-huh. built it. We built it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's our house. Yeah, we built it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that, I think, is my broader point. Um, I feel like I could have been more eloquent about that. Is like, just as a people, like, remember who the fuck we are. Like, who we are. And, and, that's right. and things were built, yeah, to make us forget that. We were plucked from the most abundant and beautiful and res- resourced continent in the universe. And mm-hmm. so like our mind has to be reconnected to history and our, and our capability and possibilities. And I think what, what your story is to me is that as low as you may still feel and as hurt and broken and angry and even lost, I'm sure at times you have a vision and a, and a, a goal and, and you are making massive strides to that and making this world a better place as a result of your trauma and your pain. And I just want to honor you. Um, cause I know it's not always easy, but I see you and I thank you on behalf of myself and just to humanity, to be frank, like it's not just a black thing. Like maternal mm-hmm. health is trash. Oh, it period. Is. Right. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm sure so yeah. Um, yeah. In closing, is there like anything else you want us to know or to like, how do we follow you, support you, all those good things? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, but I, I think of, um, what I often tell people is that we have to realize and understand that we are the, the aboriginal people. And just how, how much power lies within that and within us. Um, once we motivate ourselves and put our mind to something and really stick to that, um, and stick to our gut feeling every time and, you know, just keep moving that, that needle forward and don't allow yourself to be stagnant. Um, you know, you can do anything. Possibilities are endless for us. We're as much as we gone through as a, as a people and what we continue to (laughs) do. And we just continue to, to, to rise from the dirt and do these amazing things. Um, you know, let that, let that be the power to motivate anybody who, who's, you know, going through something or who's just looking to create or just find that motivation to, to find something to do and just keep, you know, keep going with that. Um, yeah. And, uh, but oh, you, you can find me at Bismack the third on Instagram. You can find us at Saber Rose Foundation on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, and also make sure that you uh, check out our page at www.saverosefoundation.org. We have constant updates on our, on our page as well. You can donate there, um, or you can just find out what we're up to or how you can support us and, um, 
and also how you can volunteer for you know projects that we may have coming up so please reach out to us yeah i love that yeah and i definitely want to highlight like everybody that's in the bronx like bruce and myla are your people um and the womb bus so you know community is everything and i i often sometimes life can feel lonely but we are in this together um and and i just i thank you for your time and your space and your hard work give elias lots of kisses for me we have to have a play date with the boys so they can like tear some stuff up together (laughs) yeah anytime you can come to the backyard Anything, anything he can do to, I to have wear my himself eyes. out. <laughs> I got two boys, so I understand. I'm like, Lord have mercy, Jesus. Dude, Baldwin just at, at, at like eight, he winds up. He's like, oh, it's about bedtime. Let's get it. I'm like, he's literally will run. He's like, oh, oh, ah, oh, oh, hold on, and start like running down the hallway. Agua. I'm having like agua. I hungry. Uh, applesauce. I'm like, you crushed. He like crushed three applesauces. I'm like, what is happening? Like, hey, trying to get right before bedtime. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> I remember everybody had all this advice. Once he got, gave us free from the crib, he was like, it's on and popping. He used to go to bed mm-hmm. at eight o'clock every night. Now it's like 10 or 11. And I, it's not even worth fighting him, but he's going to be an mm-hmm. angry little cranky sucker in the morning. But I'm like, whatever. You didn't want to go to bed till 11. We kicking it. We having mommy son time. It's cool. But don't be giving me no grief at seven when you don't really want to get up. You Oscar the Grouch because you turned up till 11 running routes in my house. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Hey, that's releasing. Yes, he is releasing energy. And uh, I mean, you can tell by his legs. They're the strongest two-year-old legs I've ever seen. He literally, Mm -hmm. Bruce, I don't know if you saw my post. He ripped the soap dish off the wall. Oh goodness! He he took that. it. He had his feet in a squat, and he just kicked, and it like ripped the shit off the wall. And he's so proud of himself. Goodness gracious! And I was like, Baldwin. He like, I did it. I pulled it, mommy. I pulled it. And I was like, <laughs> but I have a whole ass hole in my wall now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's serious. That's. That's kids. That is kids. But Elias do the same thing. He want to stay up till ten, eleven o'clock. He don't want to. He don't want to sleep. Nothing. He want to run around, and play. But every time he think it's bedtime, play. Yeah, I also think it's their time to connect with us because we come down off of work That's and true. they get our full attention. So like. I also, I don't sweat it too much. You know, they're still little and they don't have to like do school. School wears them out, just so you know. Like, that helps. Like, Samuel is, you know, by Deep eight, and you can see he's str- he's struggling. Like, at even five o'clock, you can see, like, I had a day. He hurts. He hurts. Yeah, because you're learning and playing and, like, the whole thing. So, and having mm-hmm. to sit still, I think, drains their little behinds, too. Like, whew. Um, exactly. But, yeah, anyways. We had a, a mommy, mommy, daddy moment, but I adore you and I wish you all the best. And you know, I'm here to support you, you in anything and everything you need in any way I can. Um, thank you for your space and your time. And we'll connect soon. You got to come back and tell us about all these fabulous partnerships. Oh, for sure. 
got you. I got okay. you. And I also want to thank okay. you for your work and your your hard work and your sacrifice as well. And then you know your 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 contributions to this fight has been amazing. So thank you. No, it don't make me cry, bro. You know I'm a Pisces. I'm kind of. <laughs> Thank, no, you. Open thank up. you, thank you. I know. We should we try to keep her inside, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not absolutely necessary. We always just try to slap a smile on the Oakland. Because mm-hmm. usually, right. you know, uh, you should have heard me uh, lobbying in there talking about slavery. I was smiling while I talked about it, though. Do it too. I mean, yeah, I was like, so we going to talk about, you know, you know, we talking about this little thing called slavery, okay? Mm-hmm. And how you like to to rape the black women. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't let them forget. Don't let them forget. We're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Because mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, is affecting us today. And we like to tiptoe around facts. I, I'm and like, they trying to take it out of actual? schools. They trying to take critical race theory out of school. No, that, that's what I was. I'll I be telling people all that time. They take it out of school. We still going to teach them. Y'all not going to like it. Oh, and my, I learned a long time ago. My cousin said, they don't teach you the truth in school. Okay. That's so, right. you know, we more than just, we more than they just don't slaves. teach you about no, they took us from a lot. Oh yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make Nat Turner sound like a bad person. I said, mm-hmm. uh, I think you are just trying to be free. I didn't, <laughs> you exactly. know what I'm saying? Would exactly. you like to be walking in a chain game, getting raped exactly. and whipped? Because, you know, exactly. they raped our men, too, by the way. They don't want to talk about that either. They don't talk about that. I, I mean, that's a that's a whole, like, the history of Jamaica and breaking our men. And, I, I mean, there's Generational so trauma. much that is not addressed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when I turn around and say, you guys are the rapists, I'm like, hmm. That's stigma, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm think that's how it really went down but all right exactly your version of the truth but yeah we gonna keep on keeping on and luckily we do have many allies and i think in closing it's it's good to 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 know that even if there are people across the aisle that was my most beautiful connection was with Mm -hmm. a 50 year old white man from kentucky that used to work under mitch mcconnell and when i explained to him the black maternal health crisis as just like a whole real black woman talking to another human, he heard me and he saw me and he learned a lot and had to undo. You can see all the ideas of what he thought we were. This was, was like, uh Oh, those are all wrong. And he knew I was telling him the truth. And he was for, I know that man was forever changed. And so was I to say, There was this white man across from me. We couldn't be more different, but we're human beings. And that if we just come to each other and talk as humans, as moms and dads, right? Mm. That we can hear each other and make a difference. Um, That was inspiring to me. And with maternal health, like it doesn't have to do with money. So I feel like as far as like, you know, Republicans securing the bag, which is their main goal, which ain't about, I mean, everybody deserves the bag and to secure it, but you know, we like morality too. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that with maternal health, they were like, yeah, it makes sense to keep a mom alive and and you do save money having midwives and doulas. So we can have a conversation about this because yeah, saving black lives keeps you in the black. So let's do it. 
exactly. And, and we, you know, we have we have a lot of allies. To... I, I, I have allies that have that have um, you know risked losing their jobs, you know, over over advocating yeah. for black women. So we we do have we do have to you know remember that we do have allies in this that are really trying to really the career is on the line for us. So um, you know, big ups yeah. to, to that. I think that's so like a beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to end because it, this work is heavy. Um, and the only way I think you and I can do stay in this work on the daily is to have hope, but there is movement. Um, and so, but we need full investment and commitment from everybody, um, cross sector, cross the aisle to make, to make it do what it do. So, um, all right. I'm going to let you go. I realize I got kids. I'm like, I might have to go pick up some kids soon. <laughs> no, that's right. Um, but let's, offline, let's get this play date together so they oh, can burn sure. some fuel. Okay, for sure, boo. For sure. Please, okay. Thank you. You're welcome.